Joined now by Dennis Bernstein, who follows and pays attention to the LA Kings for the fourth period in Sirius XM. How are you, sir? Doing great, low tie. Great to be on 1440 with you. Oh, that's very kind of you. Where are the trades, sir? <laughs> I, I want to wait. I, I'm waiting for March 7th and 8th, low tide. So well, I, I, I don't. I read you every day. I'm following everything. I'm way. I'm in, I'm on the edge of my sheet seat. You 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 <laughs> sell me the whole seat. I only use the edge, and and <laughs> you keep telling me these things are. And that's I the anticipation is too much. We need a trade. Look, we need ratings on March 8th is what we need. Okay. okay? So All right. the, Fair. the fact that the Lindholm and Monaghan deals went down and we're waiting and waiting and waiting, it's because there's too much parity in this league, right? Everybody, there's still probably 10 or 11 teams in each division, in each conference that think they have a shot. So I, I think it might go down to the wire here. I, I don't see another big, like the Gensel thing would be a big trade, right? Yeah. Or the Hannafin trade. I, I think it's going to go to the wire. I, I really do, because I think what happened by now, we're, we're less than two weeks away, and there has been inertia with respect to the trade market. So I just think there's a lot more patience by GMs this year. Well, and also there are things happening in the standings. For instance, L.A. hot as a firecracker, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. The teams they're chasing, Vancouver, Vegas, and Edmonton, all 4-5-1 and one in the last 10. So if my yep. math is correct, they've gained like six points here. Uh, in the last 10 games. And if you're the Kings, a win tonight and you leapfrog the Oilers, 70 points and you have like one more game played, but you're right there with Vegas. And who knows? It's not like Vancouver is setting the world on fire. L.A. could go very high. They could. Uh, but the thing is that the team's out of the dance right now, like a Nashville, like a Calgary, they're playing better as well. So you, it's not like the Kings can just focus on what's ahead of them. They have to look in the rearview mirror a little bit because they played Nashville last week. They lost that game. If, if they don't have a good road trip here, let's say they get two points out of three games, those other teams are going to start closing ground again. So, yeah, L.A.'s had a great opportunity in Lota. It's been like the Edmonton and L.A. seasons have been like mirror images, right? One team started crap. The other team started like they're going to win the cup. Yeah, then one team plays like they're going to win the cup. The other one you know, loses their coach. And so what does that result in? They're, they're right next to each other with, you know, 27, 28 games to go. So it's been a really intriguing season. Uh, with respect to the Kings, I don't expect a lot from them. Now, the one caveat is Victor Arbson going back on LTIR, which is really, really tough. This guy yeah. waited a year and a half to play, played three games. I don't think it's the same recurrence of a back injury. I've asked Jim Hiller about it. They, they didn't want to disclose what it is. I think it's more like a groin pill or, or something like that or a middle body injury. So he may be back, which would probably impede them from making a deal at the deadline. If he went to LTIR and he was gone for the rest of the regular season like they do in Vegas, they could probably make a trade. So you probably, you know, what you see is what you get with the Spectator Kings. Maybe, maybe a scoring winger because they haven't been great, a great five-on-five team, even with the wins that they've gotten under Hiller. Dennis Bernstein, our guest, fourth period in Sirius XM. One thing I do love is the Kings have a lot of young talent, some of it emerging in a big way. Uh, Quinton Byfield, I think doubled his point total in about the same number of games yep. already this year. And and he is, you know, when I he scored a goal the other night, I'm sure you know the one I'm talking about. It was, mm-hmm. it was size, it was brawn, but it was gorgeous speed, hands, creativity. It was everything. And from a man that big who's 6'5", 225, although I think he's more like 6'7", 240, uh, what a play by what a great young player. Yeah, that wasn't his first goal of the year, and I'll, I'll say that for a second. Yeah, and it was even more so because 
Zach Horinsky, who's not a bum the last time I checked, went back to the bench and broke his stick over the uh, <laughs> over the bench now. We've had an Edmonton player do that in, in the last time the Kings and, um, and, and Oilers played as well. But it, it's interesting because I asked Quinton because he had a, a power move in Montreal. Uh, it wasn't as spectacular with the stick handling as it was where it was a power move, blew by, I think, Matheson the defense and went to the, uh, went to the cage and just, you know, finished. And I said, which is the better goal? He goes, um, the one in Montreal. And the reason he gave – was it wasn't a better scoring play, but where it was, it was at Bell Center. It was, mm. you know, at 7.30 at night, not at 10.30 at night. And he says the importance of it, doing it in Canada. And, you know, Quinn's pretty close to the best with respect to his personality when he feels, but he, when, he, when he mentioned the fact that it was done at Bell Center and, how, and that made it a better goal to me, I'm like, wow, this kid understands. Look, he's already part of legacy, right, because he's the highest player of color ever to be drafted in the NHL. But he understands the history of the game and why that was important. So it's really interesting to see. But, yeah, this kid's turned to a star low tide, without question. Right now, he's their best player, without question. And, you know, you wonder two to three years from now when he fully matures what he's going to be like. But it's been a great season. But it's been a season where he had to deliver because the first two weren't great last year. He scored, I think you mentioned, he think had three goals in 50 games. So it's been a – not a revelation, but something that we've been waiting for in L.A. for three years. And sometimes with these players, you have to have patience. One player who has delivered and then delivered and then played a decade after he delivered and delivered is Andre Kopitar. Sure. He was minus six on sometime in February against Buffalo. And yeah. But I look at his numbers. I looked at Puck IQ for he's playing against elites. He's very successful against them. He seems timeless. And that minus six stood out because it was such a you know an outlier. He is a great two-way player and has been for decades. What a player. Yeah, well, everybody should have got a minus six that night because that was atrocious. That was the worst hockey game I've seen them play in probably five years since probably. Every mistake wound up as a scoring chance in front of the, the goaltender. So it wasn't just Kopitar that night, but he is ageless. And he's still playing almost 20 minutes a night low tide. No. And he's a plus seven. So if you take out that one game, he's plus 13. He, he's as delivered. He's going to sign, he's signed for two more years at $7 million, which gives the team a little bit of a hometown discount. But he's still their number one center, without question. Maybe at some point, you know, Bothell's playing on the left wing. Maybe he does... You know, acquiesce to the top, the 1C, but at this point, uh, Andre still leads the pack. He's still playing great. And you mentioned the IQ. It, that's the whole thing. Like He is a brilliant player. He, he's rarely, rarely out of position. And yeah, he's never been the fastest skater. And at you know, 36 years old, he's still not going to be the fastest skater. But again, positionally, the smarts, he's certainly their leader still um, as they try to make the playoffs again. I love Arthur Kaliev's game. I saw him in junior, and he is a guy who is a pure scorer. He's got size. He has struggled to make the grade, but they've been patient with him. Uh, how has he looked, and is time running out for Kaliev in L.A.? Yeah, Lota, I think that this run, the end of the season and into the playoffs, is going to determine uh, Kaliev's future in L.A. It, it's just not working. Now, there was a reported trade demand because he has set out. He has been a healthy scratch for multiple games. And you know, here's the thing. He's a one-way player. He's got a great shot, but his shot's not even hitting the net. He's got six goals in 42 games. We keep waiting and waiting and waiting. He was more productive last year on the fourth line with Blake Lazat. Now, you probably see him tonight, although Jim Hiller changes combinations every three minutes the way he coaches this team, which is the opposite of what Todd did. But now he's playing with Byfield and Dubois. You should be able to get some goals. Yeah. You should be able to hit the net. So I would think 
Look, if it doesn't work for Kaliev, the type of trade I would see is one of two things for him. Either part of a package to get an established player or go find another young player who, who hasn't gotten traction, like an Alva Wallstrom in, in New York or a Lucas Reichel in Chicago. That's the type of deal I would make. But this is a critical time for Kaliev. He has to start producing because he's not a great defensive player. He's not an assist guy. He's a goal scorer. He's got his, his, his puck, the puck's got to go in the net when he hits it. So if he doesn't, I, I think his future might be somewhere else uh, next season if he doesn't deliver here down the stretch. From Taylor Hall to Connor McDavid and beyond, Drew Doughty has absolutely wrapped up every great young oiler forward uh, in the corner <laughs> or done something at the blue line. He has been a fierce force for Los Angeles. And, I mean, he's 34 and I, I think I saw him playing like 26 minutes a night still. Is yep. he like Kopitar? He just is timeless? Yeah, but he's different because the coolness of Kopitar, you have the passion of Drew Doughty. Like, he still loves to play this game. He's driven to win. He, you know, he's, he, when the team was rebuilding, it, it, it took the most out of him because he was used to winning, you know, Olympic gold medals, whatever, two Stanley Cups. Yeah, he's played about 26 minutes tonight, but his game has been elevated. He's playing even more. I think he played 27 and change in the overtime win against, uh, shootout win against Anaheim. And, his offense has returned. There's only four play- defensemen in the league that have more goals than Drew Doughty this year. One of them is on your team, Evan Bouchard. Mm-hmm. But th- that's little. That that's surprising. But yeah, he's still he's a plus ten. He's playing passionate. And now with Mikey Anderson out, which I'm sure some Oilers fans will be happy about. Oh yeah. Um, he's going to be asked. He's going to be asked to do more. So I, I think you're going to see tonight probably 28 minutes, 29 minutes if it goes to overtime as well. So, but Drew's been really, really great for them. Um, and there's been really no regression in this game so far. All right, so we'll wait for your trades. We'll keep reading the rumors, and thank you. You enjoy the game, okay? Always great being on Sports 1440 with your glow tie. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. There you go. Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period, Sirius XM.